0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cope Life podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited that you're here to listen because we have a very important topic to talk about today. And the reason why I even do these podcasts is because I'm trying to build this community in which we are focused on kindness, optimism, positivity, and empathy. And so if we're living a Cope Life, that is what we are bringing to every situation. However, there are times when life gets really hard, when life is really difficult. And in the last few days, I've noticed that it has been hard for a lot of people because of something that they saw across the news and social media. I'm talking about Twitch dying by suicide. Now, I am not like I don't really know him a lot in terms of following him on social media or his career. But I have a lot of friends in a lot of different spaces who are greatly impacted by his passing. People who are dancers, people who are entertainers, people who are involved in you know, media, social media, whatever it is. And so he's a very impactful guy. And he brought so much really optimism and positivity to so many people's lives. And then when he took his own life, Then came the sadness, the despair. And so what I really wanted to get into today is to talk about proactive suicide prevention. And the reason I want to talk about this, again, is is because we've all been impacted by suicide. You can't escape it. You cannot just deny it. And maybe you don't know anyone who has died by suicide. But you know people who have attempted suicide, and you know people who are suicidal. Right now, you might not be able to name anyone in your life who has attempted suicide. However, the reason you can't do that is because they didn't tell you about it. They didn't tell you that they were suicidal. They didn't tell you about their attempt last week, last month, or five years ago. So that's why you don't know about it, but their attempted suicide is a reflection of how they feel about themselves and their lives. And so it does impact their relationships with other people, including you. So we've all been impacted by suicide to some degree. I have been impacted by suicide in a sense that I've lost a lot of people to suicide. And when I say that, what I mean is that I've lost so many people to suicide that were, that if I were to try to name everyone that i know that has died by suicide i'm never able to complete the list without forgetting a name or two but what i want to tell you about real quick is a story of one individual where it hit home a little differently and that's because i used to work for this guy his name was ben and he was he was a great leader he was a great person everyone loved him and we worked together i worked for him And then he got reassigned to another duty station. And so we kind of kept it in touch, but not really. We saw each other's posts on social media. And then one day on social media, his wife posted that he took his own life. And that really bothered me because I just, I don't know, like everyone hits you differently. But with Ben, I looked at his life from a... Higher level outside perspective. And I say outside perspective because I don't know what was going on inside his heart and his mind. But what I saw was that he had a successful career that he was great at, and his wife did also. They were making good money, both active duty members of the military, and they had a two year old and a six month old baby. And so I just couldn't understand it. And So many times when this happens, we don't understand why someone took their own life. But we're also frustrated by the fact that we can't ask them. I couldn't call him up. I couldn't DM him and say, Ben, what happened, man? What happened? I couldn't ask him that. But there are many more that I couldn't ask. And so what I really want to do is get into how we can be proactive because you need to understand that nobody is immune to suicide. Nobody is immune to the desire to die. I think most people that you know have felt that at some point in time in their lives. Maybe even you have felt it. Maybe as you're listening to this, you're not even thinking about other people. You're thinking about that time, last night, last month, last decade, when you wished that you were dead. You wished when you woke up in the morning that you did not wake up in the morning. And if you've ever felt that way, understand that you are not alone. In fact, that's why I'm wearing this t-shirt that says you are not alone. Um, This is a t-shirt that I got from a nonprofit called When the Music Stops that is focused solely on suicide prevention. So if you don't do anything else, please just Google When the music stops, go to their website, whenthemusicstops.com and get some merchandise and understand that everything that you get from their website, you are um, helping to prevent suicide. And understand also that that the guy that started this nonprofit and this company in general have no idea that I'm saying this. So there's no affiliate marketing or anything going on. If you do this, you don't have to let me know because I'm not going to get anything out of it anyway. But what I am going to do is continue to tell you that Suicide is very preventable. No one is immune to it. And at the same time, we often don't even know the numbers. We don't know how widespread it is. Globally, someone dies by suicide every 40 seconds. I think in 2017 or 18, over 800,000 people died by suicide across the globe. And in 2019 in the United States, Almost 1.5 million people attempted to take their lives. Almost 50,000 were actually successful in taking their own lives in 2019. And I don't have the data, but I'm confident that number increased in 2020 and 2021 throughout the pandemic when we were feeling lonelier and more disconnected than we'd ever been for so many of us. And so when we're talking about these things, A lot of times what we do is we think about what can we do when someone is suicidal? What can you do? One of the most powerful things that you can do is just ask, are you suicidal? Quite often people are feeling down, they're feeling out, they're feeling some kind of way. And they don't even recognize that those feelings are creeping into their hearts, that those thoughts are creeping up in their minds. They don't don't even know that they're on the path to suicidality. They don't know that they are just miserable or just sad today, but if they don't redirect their emotional trajectory, they will be suicidal in due time. And so what we wanna do is, if we think someone is suicidal, we just wanna ask the question, are you suicidal? And this is so powerful, and I can tell you this from my own experience, After my mother passed in 2019, I was not myself in a lot of ways, and I didn't recognize it. And a close friend of mine asked me that question, are you suicidal? And the answer was no, I was not suicidal. I can tell you that practicing gratitude daily is a big part of why I was not suicidal. But when she asked me that, it opened my eyes, it opened my awareness to the mental state that i was existing in it opened my eyes to help me realize the path that i was on and put me in position to reevaluate my thoughts my emotions my behaviors and so what happened was i didn't even become suicidal i did not even have suicidal ideations and that singular question coming from someone i greatly respect, admire, and care about really opened my eyes to what I was going through. But we don't have to wait until we suspect that someone is suicidal before actually doing something about it. We don't have to wait. We don't have to be reactionary. You can go on the internet right now and you can do a search for suicide warning signs? What are the suicide early warning signs? What are the suicide immediate warning signs? What are all of the things that we can look for to give us an or a clue that someone is about to take their own life or that they're thinking about it? Maybe they're contemplating it. What can we do? What can we look for? And I have to tell you that those checklists are very informative, but that can't be the foundation of your suicide prevention methodology. You can't rely on what the internet tells you because the internet does not know your friends like you do. The internet does not know the people you love like you do. And so the most important thing that you can do really is just care about people. Honestly, genuinely care about people, be kind, be optimistic, be positive, and be empathetic, and develop real relationships. Because there are a lot of things on a suicide early warning checklist that a lot of people do in their daily lives, because it's just how they are. For example, one early warning sign of suicide is irritability. And some people are always irritable. That's who they are. And so maybe for those people, The actual warning sign is when they stop being irritable, when they start being happy and overjoyed all the time. Well, why is that? Why is there a change in behavior? When you really know someone, when you really truly grasp who they are as a person, their personality, their temperament, then what you can do is just pay attention to changes in behavior. And it's not something that you have to constantly think about. You don't have to meet up with your friends and go through this mental checklist. Are you acting okay today? Are you acting suspicious? What should I be on the lookout for? You don't have to be like that because that's reactionary. Be proactive, not reactive. There are times where you just feel it in your gut. You just feel it on your skin. Something's not right. When you have real relationships with people, real connections, you already know what's going on in their lives. When my friend asked me if I was suicidal, she didn't preempt that with what's going on in your life. She knew. She already knew that my mother passed. She already knew that I did not take a long time off from work. She already knew that the funeral was coming up and I was planning that. She already knew these things Because she knew me because we had a real relationship. So when you have a real relationship with someone, you don't don't always have to ask what happened because you already know. You know when your friends are going through a divorce. You know when a friend's missing their dog or when their child is dealing with an illness, when they had a car accident. You know these things because you have those types of relationships. And so sometimes you don't have to say, are you suicidal? You know that they're suffering from migraines from a car accident. And you don't have to demonstrate that you care because you already do that regularly, because you are empathetic with that person. You are genuinely concerned about them. And that lets them know that they have value in your life. And so that's the number one thing. Develop real relationships with people so that they don't have to guess, so that they know that you care about them, that they're important to you, that they have value to you, and that they contribute real value and meaning to your life. It's not like you just care about them because they're some poor, helpless soul and you can feed them when they're hungry, pat them on the back when they do a good job. They want to know that they contribute to your life in some positive way. And that leads me to want to talk to you about the interpersonal psychological theory of suicide. Because what I really want you to understand today is the three elements that are a part of, that are fundamental to why people die by suicide. And I want you to understand the path to suicide because there is a path that people go through. I want you to understand those things so that you can truly grasp why people die by suicide and what you can do about it proactively instead of waiting for someone's behavior or words to align with some checklist you found online. I don't want you to try to remember the suicide prevention training that you got nine months ago when you feel like your friend is is out of sorts and you're trying to remember what did they say during the class? Where are the slides? Where are my notes? I want you to fully grasp why people die by suicide and the path to suicide. And that positions you to proactively prevent suicide instead of waiting for a specific mark or a check on some checklist somewhere. Those things are, they're effective. They can be effective when someone is suicidal, but when you truly build these relationships, you can actually prevent people from becoming suicidal in in the first place. So I'm going to now talk about the three elements of the interpersonal psychological theory of suicide. and. This is also known as IPTS, and I'm going to talk about these three elements. But if you really want to dive deeper, I suggest you go get the book entitled Why People Die by Suicide, written by Dr. Thomas Joyner, a suicidologist and professor at Florida State University. You can can just go look it up right now on Amazon and order the book Why People Die by Suicide. You can get it on your Kindle and read it. You know, anytime that you are bored and sitting there with your phone and tired of playing games on your phone. So there are three elements of IPTS. And the first one is the warded belongingness. Now, I call the warded belongingness extreme loneliness. And what it essentially is, is people want to feel like they belong. And the warded belongingness is when you did belong, but you don't anymore. And that deals with your most significant, most important relationships. And so you want to belong and you don't anymore. You experience extreme loneliness. And and I'll give you an example of this from something we all may be somewhat familiar with. There was a Parkland shooting here in Florida where there was a mass shooter at Parkland High School. And it received national attention, of course, as it should, right? And and we've become somewhat desensitized to mass shootings in schools. However, this one got national news coverage. And so in that moment, there was a father who lost his daughter. That is a significant relationship that ended. It was extreme loneliness. There was no bringing it back. There was no repairing or fixing the relationship. She died. And so in an instant, this relationship was changed. In an instant, he felt a loneliness and a sadness that he'd never experienced before. The next element of IPTS is perceived burdensomeness. And it's the idea that you are a burden on others, but I also look at it as competence. Like what do you contribute? What value do you provide to others? And a lot of that has to do with your self-identity. How valuable are you? And so in the case of this father who lost his daughter in the Parkland High School mass shooting His value then became his efforts to do something about gun violence in America. He went to work. He said, my daughter's death is not going to be in vain. And this was also a way for him to try to salvage any connection that he had left with his daughter because she was gone and he couldn't do anything about that. So he made it his mission to do something to save other kids, to stop the gun violence, to stop school shootings, to really make a difference. Because in the moment that he lost his daughter, all of the other things that he was doing in his life immediately had less value. His friendships, his job, what he was wearing, what he was driving, how much money he was making, his education, all immediately had less value. His new mission was to save lives. And so what happened in this element was. He got to a point where he felt as though he had no value. He believed himself to be worthless. Because a year or so after the Parkland shooting, he felt as though he made no difference. If he knew that I was talking about him right now, maybe he would be proud of that. But what happened with him was he experienced extreme loneliness when his daughter died that relationship with his daughter ended and could not be repaired. And then when he felt as though he failed in bringing about some form of legislation, some kind of change to prevent future school shootings, then he felt worthless. So two elements of IPTS, the interpersonal psychological theory of suicide, are extreme loneliness extreme worthlessness. When someone feels extremely lonely, they develop a desire to die. When someone feels extremely worthless, they develop a desire to die. Those people begin to entertain suicidal ideations. They have thoughts of taking their own lives. But there is a third element to IPTS that is often the barrier To taking one's own life and that is the capacity to die by suicide having the capacity to take your own life and this is very important because understand that taking your own life is actually an act that goes against the very foundation the very nature of all living organisms our fundamental most instinctual just act that we can ever do is to preserve our own lives. You see that in every species, every animal, they will stop at nothing just to stay alive, just to preserve their own life. There is no greater instinct than staying alive. So you have to overcome that. In order to take your own life and so when i say that to you i need you to understand that suicide is not cowardice suicide is not someone being afraid suicide is not weakness suicide most often is not even done for the person suicide is not selfish when someone takes their own life it's because they believe That they're not providing any value to anyone else. They have no worth. So you're better off without them. A lot of people who take their own lives believe truly that you are better off without them and that they're doing you a favor. So I just wanna reiterate suicide is not cowardly, suicide is not weakness. And suicide is not selfish. So if you want to insult anyone who has died by suicide or is suicidal, stop. Have some compassion. Have some empathy. And recognize that you don't have to wait until someone demonstrates suicidal behavior to make a difference. Because what we want to do is we want to prevent people from becoming suicidal in the first place. And we do that by applying kindness, optimism, positivity, and empathy to real relationships. Don't be fake. People can see that. People can feel it when you're fake. When someone says to you, How are you doing? How was your weekend? You know if they really want to know. You know if they care. What do you know about people's lives, especially if you're a leader? What if you're a boss? What if you're a CEO, a founder? Maybe you're a senior leader in a company, in the military, a civilian company? What do you know about your people? Do you know anything beyond where they live and who lives in their home? Can you tell me which of your people loves playing pool and which ones don't? Which ones know how to swim and which ones don't? Which ones are car enthusiasts and which ones love to go horseback riding? You know the answer to those questions in your most significant relationships. And I'm not saying that you need to know all of those things about everybody. And one thing you're not gonna go do is interrogate people. But if you really care about people and truly want to establish real relationships, then you inherently learn about them as the relationship grows, as the relationship progresses from being an acquaintance to a real friend. And when you do that, you enable them to realize that they belong somewhere, that someone cares about them. And you allow them to recognize that they have value and worth so that they don't experience extreme loneliness and they don't experience extreme worthlessness. Now, again, nobody is immune So you can do these things that doesn't guarantee that you will prevent suicide. However, taking the approach of proactive behavior is much better than waiting until it may be too late. Now, another myth that I heard is that when people talk about suicide or harming themselves, that they're just looking for attention. And that's simply not true. It's. Like that is blatantly false. It's blatantly wrong. Dr. Joyner mentions in his book that over 70% of people who die by suicide communicated that desire to at least one person. The more that you can build these real relationships, the more likely someone is willing to tell that to you as opposed to taking their own life without speaking to anyone. So, again, the three elements to suicide are extreme loneliness, extreme worthlessness, and the capacity to die by suicide. And that's something that you have to build up over time, which is one reason why people in the military are more likely to die by suicide than the general population. Because military members, in general, are exposed to trauma more often. Military members are more likely to be exposed to chronic pain or illness and death and dying. And so the more exposure you have to that, the more you're desensitized to it. The less you become afraid of it, the more you're able to overcome that. And understand that you don't have to experience trauma yourself to become suicidal and to take your own life. In 2012, there were 325 suicides among active duty members of the United States Army. Of those 325, 51% had never seen combat and did not have PTSD. So those are the elements of suicide. Now I want to talk about the path to suicide. Because I want you to understand this path so that you recognize that you don't have to get to the last stage before, you know, no one else has to get to the last stage before you reach out to help. So the first thing that happens is scarcity. There's something important and valuable in your life, and it becomes scarce. And in regards to suicide, what becomes scarce is Specific, significant, interpersonal relationships. It becomes scarce. You're looking for it, you can't find it. Then you go from scarcity to desperation. Do you know what it feels like to be desperate? So you can be desperate about a lot of things, but it's desperation about worthiness and belonging That leads people to have a desire to die. You can be desperate. To find your car keys. You can be desperate to find the migraine medication. You can be desperate. To win a quarterly award in your company. Maybe those things have been scarce recently. But if you don't win the award. Or if you don't find your keys. No matter how desperate you are. You're not going to catapult yourself from there to suicidality. But what happens when you become desperate and then you get to the point where you believe wholeheartedly, your thoughts and beliefs align that this effort is hopeless? You're hopeless. You'll never find your car keys again. You will never get that promotion. You will never... I don't know, be able to afford buying a professional sports team. You'll get over it. You'll be fine. There are things you can do about it. But what happens when you're hopeless about ever having that significant relationship again or ever having one? Or you're hopeless about ever having any value or worth? If you're hopeless about those things, That's when suicide may become an option for you. And the reason for that is because you honestly don't believe that you'll ever come back from that. Understand that hopelessness is positively correlated with suicide and suicidality, but it's not hopelessness about just anything. It's hopelessness about relationships and value, worthiness. And so, back to the story about the father of a student at Parkland who died during the mass shooting. And I'm going back to this so that you can understand that the path to suicide can take months or years, or it can happen in an instant. You see, when his daughter passed, he went straight from being a father a daughter whom he loved to not being a father anymore. He was instantly hopeless about continuing to raise his daughter. <laughs> and, and, and just saying that actually triggers some emotions for me because as a parent, I, I cannot imagine that level of pain. I don't know if you've heard before, but you know that we have words and labels like, when you get divorced, you're a divorcee. If your spouse passes away, you're a widow. If you lose your parents, you're an orphan. But there is no word for a parent that loses a child because it's unspeakable. It's a pain that I've thought of, but I could not imagine because I've never experienced it. So I will never say to a parent who's lost a child, I know how it feels because I don't. But in an instant, This father felt extreme hopelessness in regards to his relationship, and he was desperate for worthiness, and then he became hopeless about having real worth and a real value, and so he took his life. For some people, this path can take years, and for others, it's very short. No one is immune. When you know what happens in people's lives, you don't have to wait for the warning signs. You don't have to wait for them to meet certain items on a checklist. You can be proactive. You can do things, listen for things, pay attention. Are they speaking on loneliness? Are they speaking on worthlessness? And understand that when you're continually asking someone, Are you okay? Can I help you? What can I do for you? Do you need me? Do you need something? You often make them feel more like a burden. You're demonstrating that you care, but they feel like they're a burden because you always have to check on them. Why don't you ask them for their input? Can you help me with this? You're valuable to me. Do you want to do this with me? Because you contribute to my life. You have worth In my life, you have value in my life. And then when something good happens in their life, celebrate that with them. Celebrate the good news with them. Share in their joy. Empathy is not all about being there for someone when they're hurting, empathy is about connecting. And so when you have a win, when you have some success, I want to share in that with you. I want you to know that you are not alone. I'm not just there for you and your misery, but I want to help you celebrate your wins with you as well. And so those are ways that we can proactively really kind of guard our people, the ones we love, the ones we care about, the way we can proactively shield them and guard them from suicidality. And understand I'm saying shield them and guard them. I'm not saying that we can guarantee. Because ultimately, if they take their own life, that's not our fault. If they take their own life, we were not able to stop them. But it's not our fault. It's not because of what we did or didn't do. But what I want to do is I want to educate you that you don't have to wait till it gets to that point. What you can do right now is demonstrate to friends and family and coworkers and even strangers that you care about them, that their life matters, that they contribute value to your life, to your existence, to who you are. And one way to really set the foundation for that is to practice gratitude. Every day, think of three things that you're grateful for. And if you tie those things to people, let those people know. Last night when I was going over the things I'm grateful for, I thought about what you did for me. I thought about the time that you called me. I thought about the time that you checked on my dogs. I thought about the time where you was just checking my mail for me when I was out of town. And I just called to say thank you. And when you say thank you to someone, when you show someone that you appreciate them, that is making them feel valued. That helps them understand their worth to you. And that's the thing is, is that you can't show someone, oh, you're the most important person in the world. Like everybody is not the most important person in the world to you. But not everyone's trying to be number one. They just want to know that you care. They just want to know that they have value and contribute positively to your life. And the number one way that you can do that is by is by being authentically and genuinely grateful and showing them appreciation. So again, I want to say that the elements to suicide are extreme loneliness, extreme worthlessness, and the capacity to take your own life, overcoming the greatest instinct known to man, which is self-preservation. And the path to suicide includes scarcity, you're looking for something and you can't find it, desperation, you're beginning to believe that you will never find it, and hopelessness you are convinced that it is gone forever. And so what I want you to do to help combat this is I want you to really put in effort to show people that you're grateful for them. So here's what I want you to do. I have a challenge for you. Today is Monday. The I don't know what day it is. It's the 19th. I'm just looking at my phone to check the date. Today's the 19th. Christmas is six days away. In the next six days, reach out to at least one person a day, only six people. Reach out to a minimum one person a day. Think of something that they did for you that had real value and meaning and say thank you. And if you cannot think of one specific thing, you can just thank them for being a friend. Thank them for being who they are in your life. Say thank you. I appreciate you for being a part of my life. I appreciate you for being there for me. And I want to remind you that if you ever need anything that I'm here for you, that's it. Take those words, type them out, send them in a DM, send them in an email or text message or WhatsApp or whatever else you have available for communicating. Or you could call them and have a conversation and say, I am grateful for you. You may not have heard this many times in the past, but I want you to know right now that gratitude is an incredible form of practicing proactive suicide prevention. I need you to know that. I need you to know that you matter. I need you to know that you can save a life and you don't have to have all of these great skills and intelligence and education. You just need to show people that you care about them, you appreciate them, and that they have provided real value to you in your life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Cope Life podcast. And I remind you that you can listen to this anywhere that podcasts are available, wherever you listen to them, and that you can also visit my YouTube channel on YouTube, search for Charlson Gaines PhD. Go to my channel. Be sure to subscribe. And there you can watch all previous episodes of my podcast. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe. And let me know if this episode has provided you any real value. I appreciate you. You matter to me. And I hope that you enjoy every aspect of your life because you deserve to be happy. And everyone who loves you and knows you and cares about you wants you to be happy but they can't make you happy you have to choose happiness for yourself and in doing so you are also choosing happiness for them elevate your life elevate your friends elevate your loved ones and live a cope life practicing kindness optimism positivity and empathy daily i appreciate you you are not alone